0: Well, uh, there was reference uh, during the announcements to the usual kind of STEM teacher. So I don't
1: know. <laughs> I'm the usual kind uh, or the unusual kind, but uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> and uh, we have all kinds of teachers that come, and it's hard to categorize. All of us, but here we are. Um, so I, I wanted to. This is this tonight is kind of an anniversary of a sort. Um, about um, about a year ago, um, this time, uh, Karen and I took a trip, and we went to Southeast Alaska. Uh, and um, as part of that trip. We had the opportunity to um, take kayaks out in the uh shallow uh near shore waters of various bays and places where um the water was quite clear and um you could see if you looked down into the water you at certain times, and one time in particular, I, when I looked down in the water, I saw myriad salmon uh, swimming along in my direction, and uh, it was uh, quite a wonderful moment, and especially so because right at that time, um, I thought it, what popped into my mind is uh Uh, What Dogen uh, says at the end of Zazen Shin, he says uh, a a bird fly or a a fish. He said first he says a fish swims like a fish, and he says a bird flies like a bird. That's the end of that that uh, essay of his called uh, Zazen Mind or Zazen Heart Mind. Clear all the way to the bottom uh yeah, yeah that that's in there too. I don't know if it's at the end, but uh, that's also in there, clear all the way to the bottom, so uh anyway, what I just thought of was I looked down and I saw oh, a fish swims like a fish, and uh you know that, that sounds like <clears throat> like almost like a childish thing to say, right I mean, like of course, a fish. It's like obvious, a fish swims like a bit fish. Uh, but also from a child's point of view, that is just the most wonderful thing. I mean, when you have like a quiet, uh, open mind and perception, seeing a fish swim like a fish is just right and just enough and it's just almost like a transcendent thing that the beautiful motion of a fish you know in that in that that environment where we can't we couldn't live, you know we couldn't live there in that place uh, and they thrive there and they, and they and they swim with this beautiful,
0: gentle s yes, motion motion. So even though it's, you know, sort of ordinary, but it it's also extraordinary. Uh,
1: so I wanna say something about uh, uh Dogen um uh, tonight, among other things. Um as some of you know, uh, Zen Master Dogen is known as Zen Master Dogen, but um, he was first ordained uh, in the prevailing Buddhist school of his time in Japan, which was Tendai, the Tendai school of Buddhism, for which the Lotus Sutra is the central teaching. And so um, one of the... Um, among Many tenets of, of the, um, the, the Tendai school is that, um, uh, Buddha nature, uh, awakened nature, uh, pervades throughout all existence and both, both sentient existence and non-sentient existence. Buddha nature is, is pervasive. And uh, once, when I went to China uh, a few years ago, you um, see my sleeve there, okay. When I went to China a few years ago, we got to go to one Tendai Monastery, a very famous one, where the teacher, um, Jiri, uh was, he didn't found it, but he, His dying wish was that this monastery would be founded, and we went to that monastery of Juri's dying wish to be founded. Uh, And and, uh, Juri was, you know, is considered like the founding teacher of Tendai school or Tiantai in 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 China, in Chinese. But there was a sign in the garden in English that said something like I was just saying, like the Buddha nature. Pervades, you know, the, the entire garden and the, all life, uh, something like that. I don't remember exactly. I took a picture of it. I should have looked at the picture, but anyway, that's the that's the idea. That, that that's a that's a uh, an important idea in the Tendai school. And so Dogen, who ordained very young, um, as a young person, he had a very basic question: uh, if Buddha nature pervades all life and is all pervasive, including me. Why? Why do we have to practice? Why? Why is practice necessary? Why, why is? Why should? Why do I have to engage in practice? And this is this is anyway said to be a a question that you know we don't know. It's a long time ago, but you can if you look. at if you, if you think, okay, Dogen seems to have had that question, and you look at some of his early writings, you can see evidence of that question in many different texts that, that he wrote, including, uh, the one we chanted tonight. Uh, and, and then it comes toward the end of, at the very end of, uh, that text, with the interaction of the monk and Zen master Bao Che. So, you know that, uh, the Mo- that Zen Master Mbao Che was fanning himself and uh, the monk uh, came up and made an inquiry and he said um, Master uh, the nature of wind the nature of the breeze is permanent and it pervades everywhere. Why then do you fan yourself? And Master Bao Che replied, "Um, although you understand that the nature of wind is permanent, you don't understand the meaning of its reaching, pervading everywhere. And so, of course, the monk asked, what is the meaning of it uh, reaching everywhere?
0: The master just kept fanning himself, and the monk bowed.
1: And Dogen's comment uh, on that story is right after the story. He says, "The actualization of the Buddha Dharma, the vital path of the correct of its correct transmission, is like this. The vital path of its correct transmission is like this. If you say that the nature of wind is permanent." and you do not need to fan yourself, you will understand neither permanence nor the nature of wind. So um I was thinking about this topic, and as sometimes happens um, when I think about talking about something, if I'm lucky, I get a dream. And in this case, I got a dream on this um Kind of on this question or or this uh, this uh, inquiry that Dogen had, uh, if if I have, if I'm included within Buddha, Buddha nature. Buddha nature pervades everything. The wind is uh, permanent. The wind of Buddha nature is permanent. Well, why then do I have to practice? Uh, so I had this dream, and I, I I think it relates to this this question in the dream, um, I was, uh, searching, I was searching for a book about birds and the book, um, was said to be a very rare book, very hard to find. Uh, so I was in the dream. I was in a library and a, a helpful librarian was helping me look for this book, this rare book. And, uh, then the next image I had was opening uh, a portfolio of uh, kind of a big portfolio. And I opened this big portfolio. And in this big portfolio, there were multiple copies of this book, this rare book. And I picked up one and I looked at it. And I th- I said or thought or my next image in the mind was, Oh, this book I already have it on my shelf. I have this rare book, so I think this was um you know this is this is right along the lines of uh of 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 this thing that Dogan's talking about um, yes, um you know we have. We can agree. We can say we could. We we might agree with the Tendai school that Buddha nature uh, pervades uh, throughout. Um, Yet, at the same time, it's rare, and to and 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 to encounter it uh, is not so. You know, it's not like falling off a log necessarily. Uh, You know, you have to work with the librarian. You have to go to the library. You have to do your research, and in in the process of doing that, uh, you may, you know, have uh, in the process of doing the search, you may you may encounter this rare thing. Um, But um, you would you would encounter it in a way that you understood it to be the real deal. Not just, you know, some story you heard about a book or some story you heard or some theory you heard about, you know, Buddha nature, but your actual
0: finding the book on the shelf.
1: Oh, I have the book and I know it. I have the book and I know it. And that's what we mean by you know verification. Uh so when I was a young person, I, like Dogen, also had a question. Uh, I was not, as a young person, a spiritual young person. I wasn't ordained at a very young age. I didn't have uh, any background in Buddhism, for sure. Um, but I did have a question uh, as I... Mm, you know matriculated into my uh independence from my family, and that question was a question that a lot of people have um, especially young young people at that time in their life is like how should how should I be employed what you know what should i what should I dedicate myself to and uh, i didn't have um uh, ready answers to that, and because i didn't you know, because I didn't have ready answers to that, it was probably one of the reasons that I gravitated towards uh, Zen practice. But um, but also, um, I my question was at times a deeper question than that, and and uh, and the question sometimes presented itself to me as you know what. What is a human being really for?
0: What are we really meant for? What 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 is a
1: human being meant meant to do? So this is like a, you know, a different version of the question. It wasn't like a practical like what job or field should I go into in my work or something like that. It was it was really more of like well, what <laughs> well, what, what am I meant for? Is it, do human, and, and, and it's also an open question. Do, do human people, do human beings have some sort of, uh, yeah, inner work that they should do or, uh, some destiny that they should fulfill? Something that they should work out? I had that question, but I, again, I had no answers. Um, and I had no guidance. So, you know, I had to go to the library. And uh, look for some books that I didn't even know, you know, what I was looking for. So everybody's done that, right? Gone to the bookstore and just look for a book that spoke to you. Uh, I've had, I had two, that's how I found um, Zen Mind Beginner's Mind. I just went in the bookstore and looked for a book that was speaking to me and I found them in my beginner's mind, and the, a few years after that, I was looking in a bookstore for a book that spoke to me, and I found uh, Paul Reps' book. Uh, what's that called?
0: Zen Flesh, Zen Bones.
1: Yeah, Zen Flesh, Zen Bones. So those were the two first books that I found in my 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 inquiry of a book that would speak to me. So in Genjo Koan, we chanted tonight. That's why I, I, we had us chant Genjo Koan because I wanted to talk about this, this fish and this bird. In Genjo Koan, it says, A fish swims in the ocean, and no matter how far it swims, there is no end to the water. A bird flies in the sky, and no matter how far it flies, there's no end to the air. The fish and the bird have never left their elements. And then he goes on to say, you know, if they did leave their elements, they would die at once. Um, I'm not strictly sure why that he felt that was necessary to add, but um, I'll have to look at that some more. I, but I'm, I'm just concentrating on... Um, the bird and the fish in their elements just like i saw those salmon swimming in their elements because it impressed me so much and i felt so much joy when i saw those fish swimming in their element and you know it it just gave me hope that there would that these fish were still swimming in their element in alaska going upstream and you know doing this amazing cycle
0: of life that they do You know
1: the the advantage for um, you could say it's an advantage. I don't know if it's an advantage or not, but um, I don't know how much bird birds and fish think about their element. I mean they don't really. I don't think they have to think about their element. They are in their element, and they have. No, I, I don't. I don't think a bird or a fish necessarily engages in any speculation about any other kind of element that would be appropriate to be in. I doubt a bird or a fish has an idea about, hmm, what would be my appropriate, you know, what is my essential activity? (laughs) You know, I don't think a bird or a fish has that. A bird or a fish is just in its element. And we can can, uh, admire that, I guess, or I don't know if that's the right word, but we can appreciate that. That the idea um, uh, for us might be uh, we uh, are, you know, in Buddha nature, throughout Buddha nature, and we feel no separation from that environment. That is, uh, we, we, we feel that is the environment that we inhabit um, but for us, it does seem like we, you know, we don't, um, you know, we can, we can inhabit the water for a while. We have it, we do inhabit the air, uh, at least on the ground, uh, quite a bit, all the time. Um, but as far as recognizing, um,
0: this, um,
1: evanescent or uh sublime or intangible uh thing uh
0: called buddha nature um it takes some it takes some effort i think it takes some What does it take to do the dance, the What does it take to do the dance, the bamba? Oh. <laughs>
1: what does it take to do the dance, the bamba? Oh.
0: <laughs> the dance, okay. the bamba? And something else, something else. I thought that you were silent, looking for something else.
1: That's it. Mm, mm-hmm. Well, I was. What I, I was looking at my notes, actually, um, and, and that was part of it. Because uh, I. Because I. It, this is. This is. Maybe not so easy to express, but uh, uh, what my. What I did write was that you know, and again, it's this is point of. Um, that um, for a, a bird or a fish to engage its element is uh, that, that is like falling off a log. Uh, they ha- you know, a bird or a fish can engage its element without thinking about it. We can assume that anyway. We can project that onto birds and fish. Let me project that onto birds and fish for a minute, that birds and fish can engage their element Um,
0: naturally and without, uh, any, um, particular extra effort. Um,
1: but I think that for us, in, for, to engage, to engage awakening, to engage awakening to our Buddha nature, uh, requires, uh, some, it requires some engagement and it benefits from, uh, and this is important, it benefits from, uh, the experience of being
0: engaged by awakening. So our engagement with awakening is,
1: uh, I would say, like a requisite condition of awakening. And, um, and when we make that requisite, when we make that requisite effort, which is also no effort, which is also no effort. Um, so, you know, m- we might have some idea that we, we, we should make an effort and, we can, we can play with that idea and we can, we can, we can try that idea out. Uh, and then we can also try out, uh, the idea of, of making an effort with no effort. And then we can just try
0: out making no effort. And making no effort to attain any special state. And, and continuing in that way. Uh, and we may find that at some point in continuing that
1: way uh we are we notice um just what the Tendai school noticed, basically that awakening Buddha nature is all pervading we might we might notice that that oh I see how they they came to that conclusion um And uh, then we, then, then, uh, we are somewhat like, you know, the fish or the bird, just in our natural element, without any, without any extra effort or anything of going outside of ourselves at all. We're just within it. Well yeah, I wanted to bring the. this sometimes we we have the study group and sometimes things happen and things 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 get get uh said in the study group or we we read some stuff and you know we can't talk about everything and so but sometimes things that I wanted to say something about I can say something about you know later so this goes back to um uh this was back again to, to our study of uh Being time, Dogen's uh, being time. And in that, in that study, we read a, a story, uh, there was a story presented about this monk called, uh, Chikan. And Chikan, uh, that's the Japanese pronunciation of his name, and I don't remember what the Chinese is, but, um, he was a Chinese monk, and he is the famous monk who was, uh, who, who basically, um, said he didn't, he, he said he with a master for uh, quite a while, and he he basically said, you know, I just am never going to get it. I'm just not going to get it. I don't have what it takes. And I'm just going to go off from here, and I'm just going to go this to this shrine, and I'm just going to, like, take care of this shrine. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to go off from the monastery. I'm going to quit practicing with you guys. Just go off over here and sweep Sweep the, uh, keep the, keep the shrine clean. And so he went off by himself and he was sweeping the shrine. And one day his broom picked up a petal, a pebble, and the petal flew across a little ways and hit a piece of bamboo. And when he
0: heard the sound of the
1: bamboo and the stone meeting, he realized, uh, the truth of dependent origination.
0: The fundamental truth of the Buddha way. He had, a, he had a, he had a, he had a great awakening.
1: And, uh, he wrote, I'd never seen this before till so I read in the. In the, uh, he wrote a poem apparently on the spot, according to Shinshu uh, Roberts. He wrote a poem on the spot, so I'm going to read you this poem because I wanted to comment about this poem in the study group, but I never got a chance. This poem goes like this: At a single stroke, I lost recognition. No long, I. No longer need I practice self-discipline. Manifesting behavior in the way of the ancients, never falling into despondency,
0: there is no trace anywhere.
1: When I, what I wanted to say in the study group, and we didn't get around to it, I just I, I thought that Chikan uh, got a little carried away after his... When he wrote this after his awakening, I thought he was a little, he was a little carried away, a little over enthusiastic perhaps. And do you know why? Do you know why I would say that? Go ahead, Larry. No. Oh, you don't? Well, I I do, but I'm not let me excited. read it again. At a single stroke, I lost recognition. No longer need I practice self discipline. Manifesting behavior in the way of the ancients, never falling into despondency. There is no trace anywhere.
0: Never falling into despondency might, no. might be in stating People cannot hear if you don't yeah. hear I'll I'll
1: repeat. I'll repeat. Yeah. Uh, Oscar says, and this is the point I wanted to make, is is uh, you know the idea of never falling into despondency um is a little bit over the to characterize um that as a a correlative of awakening i think is off the mark that's my feeling that's what i wanted to say and i i wanted to say that the that the path of awakening to me does not mean that we would never be sad again that we would never be annoyed again with someone or that we that we would uh we would never experience the pain of loss i mean he he sounds like he's gone uh above it all with that in that poem he's n- nothing can touch me now and uh i, I think that's uh, uh that that's a a, a miss a misapprehension that if we if we set that standard if we set that standard for awakening no one no human I could I show me a human that 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 has experienced that and I'll show you a robot or something you know it's not it's not this this cannot be in my understanding uh, a a uh, a true representation of um, the aftermath if you will of awakening or of the or, because because you know for me awakening is not is not just you know some some you know moment that happens and then forever everything is changed this is this is not how i understand awakening um you know that, that it's not it's not it's not, it's not an, a state. It's not a kind of state that you enter and uh, then close the door behind you. <laughs> you know, and say, here I am in, you know, Buddha land. I don't, I don't understand that as, 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 as what I would characterize as awakening. Awakening is, is, is an ongoing engagement. It's an ongoing engagement with the environment of awakening. An ongoing engagement with the environment of awakening. And and it's what we're doing here. It's what we're doing right here. Where do we do it? This is the environment of awakening right here. Every time we come sit in the zendo, or every time we come on retreat day, every time we come and do a full full moon ceremony, we're 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 you know and and actually you know throughout our lives uh we're we're creating we have we create the environment of awakening and it's it's it includes loss and despondency it can't exclude those things how can you say never falling into despondency he he we we'll, we'll forgive him, I mean you know he 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 had a wonderful experience he something really blasted him open and and that's that's fine, but that's you know we we and i've had those you know we've all had those kinds of experiences i had i've had those experiences where nothing can touch me now, but actually that 's what happens to a manic depressive you know that's what that's when you know a manic depressive goes from nothing can touch me now to I'm completely buried in, you know, shit, you know, everything is gonna hurt me. So that's those kinds of swings. And, um, I don't think that's, that's the nature of what the practices I understand, especially Soto practice is, is, uh, encouraging. We just keep, um, coming back to the cushion and we experience What we experience, and sometimes at a single stroke, I lost recognition is, that can be an experience. We won't rule that out. I mean, I'm perfectly happy for somebody to come and report to me that at a single stroke, I lost recognition of my separate self. Please come and tell me that happened, and I'll say, oh, so wonderful. But you know, then go back to go back to the Zendo now.
0: Okay, so that's probably.
1: I think I've made my point. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Yes, Oscar. I'd like to say two things. Wait, you have to say you two can, things into I the mic. Wait, oh, you I you can. You have to see two things into the mic.
2: One thing is, I loved your story about the Simon, because when I was a boy, I was out fishing once in a boat uh, with some friends, and there was a shaft. This was in Long Island Sound, the Atlantic. Is this working? Yes. yes. Um, and I looked over the gunnel of the boat, and there was a shaft, happened to be a shaft of sunlight, just penetrating down into the green water. Couldn't see the bottom, but... Could see this column of seawater, and through it swam a, a, um, a school of mackerel, mm. just swimming. It was like a shuttling, and and you could see the bars on their back, mm. so it's like a shuttling in the sunlight of these fish. And it was a transcend, transcendent experience um, in the depths. Something about you know seeing into the depths and this miraculous, spontaneous offering. Uh, so thank you for your sandwich story. The other thing about Chikan, um, I, I agree with what you said, but I think I have a little, but, so what occurred to me was, uh, you know, when I've had some little senses of opening, I've, you know, the thought in my mind is, oh, 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 this is how I'll think from now on. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that's that's what I heard him saying. This, mm-hmm. Okay, this is the way I'll think then from now on. Um, so it brings me in touch into touch with him in a, in a way. <laughs> oh, good for him. Go all right, man. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Oh yeah
0: it's hard for you to hear it yeah
1: but everyone hears me right okay hold it a little closer a little closer yeah uh
2: so swim fish uh, a fish swims like a fish and a bird flies like a bird and so a human does what like a human i was going to ask you but i don't want to put you on this spot i have a theory
1: oh well please give me your theory I thought I was giving. I thought I was giving my theory. So you. Can... Oh, my, my <laughs> theory is that a human creates separation, like a human. Hmm. Well, that's the suffering side of a human, right? Yeah. And then there's the awakening side of a human. I mean, and there's, you know, that's the wonderful thing about the Buddha Dharma. Half the Buddha Dharma teaches about, you know, the mechanism of suffering. And half the Buddha Dharma teaches about the mechanism of awakening. And um we can learn from both, both, you know, sides of the Buddha Dharma. In other words, we can learn from the truth of suffering and the cause of suffering, and we can learn from uh, the end of suffering and the path. You know, those two sides of the Buddha Dharma. And I think it's you know, you can actually you can listen to a Dharma talk and you can you can say, Well I think he's mostly talking about, he's talking about the liberty, the liberative side of the Dharma, or, or she's talking about, uh, the, the, uh, suffering side of the Dharma. And then, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, <laughs> I don't know, a usual Dharma teacher or an unusual Dharma teacher, I don't know which, uh, c- kind of can, can, can merge those and talk about, you know, the whole Buddha Dharma. I don't know if that can be done. I seem to notice certain teachers talk you know more about the suffering side, and other teachers talk more about the liberative side but um so it's something I'm working with, like what am I going to be talking about from now on? You know uh I'm well aware of the suffering side, and I think it's useful to talk about um and I also think it's useful to talk about
0: the path of liberation so. I think you did talk about the liberative side as well when you talked about the effort that we need to give. Yeah. And so under my theory, the effort would be letting go of the separation. Just like at a single stroke. You know, Or, or a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Dave? So, maybe this is what you said, but I. If a bird or a fish isn't really that cognizant that they're in their element because that's the air they're flying, I mean, because would it not be that we are not cognizant? Of us humans, humaning, and that
1: when we become cognizant of us, of what that is, that is awakening. I think that's that's an okay characterization. Yeah, um, I mean, you become fully who we are, uh, and um, at ease in our, you know, at ease in our own hearts. Is really, is really important at ease in our own being and really helps being at ease in the environment of, you know, others. Um, and, you know, and that's so we, you know, we work on the cushion mainly, you know, at being at ease with this, you know, being, being at ease with this. And then we can, you know, we can take that. That humanness then, and that ease out, and hopefully you know spread it around and and use it uh and what does Dogen say you know you use it your treasure store will open of itself, and you will use it at will i mean that's that's what we're you know that's what's hap- we that's what we hope is happening you know that in our practice that we're that we're this treasure store is opening, and we're using it. You know, beneficially and, but also, you know, we're going to suffer in there. You know, we're still going to suffer in there. Uh, we're still going to have pain. We're still going to lose people. We're still going to have, I mean, we're going to still have the panoply of human emotions. So we're, we're, and in all that time, we're going to be humaning a human.
2: So thank you. Yeah, I thought that was a great comment. The the first thing I thought of, I couldn't see how the second story you were telling, how it was going to fit. And then as soon as you told it, I thought, oh, my God, he thinks he's leaving his element. You know, someone should take that broom. (laughs) He's too bad there wasn't someone else there to, like, ask him, you know, what is the meaning of fanning and just a fan or whatever, you know. I I thought that was like a a really, uh, that was really poignant, you know, like getting to what is our element, you know. Uh And our element is not to say, oh, I'm a fish that has left the water. Right. I shall never be troubled again. Right. (laughs) Anyway, very nicely.
0: Sarah. When the fish is swimming in the water, it doesn't know that it's swimming in the water. When the bird is flying, it doesn't know it's flying in the air. It's those of us observing the fish through the shaft of light that know the fish are swimming. So, those who are moving in enlightenment don't know they're moving in it but people can observe them and see that
1: yeah it says that right there in that chant we that we chanted buddhas don't necessarily know they're buddhas but they go on realizing buddhas thank you
0: well, my my comment was i was really glad to hear you say that we still experience emotions. I've been told by some misguided Buddhist monastics when somebody died that if you really believed in Buddhism and reincarnation and whatever, you really you wouldn't be sad. And if you're very emotional, like sometimes they look at me and say, you're like a failure. And so I feel that, yeah, that we dip in and out of awareness all the time. It's a constant process of the relative realm and, ultimate realm. So I was just really glad to hear you say that. We're still human,
1: most of us. One thing I've noticed, though, for people that practice, the emotions burn through quick.
2: There you go. Yeah. They go
1: through quick. I mean, we have them. We experience right. the despondency. We experience the loss. And it can be very, you know, you know, stark, and, and, and we really experience it. But, you know, it's, it, it kind of burns through quick. And, uh, so, so what that's, that practice, that's the practice of continually, uh, letting go. You know, that, that's the result of the practice of continually letting, letting go is that we can have the, the, the emotional reaction, really experience it. And because we really deeply, fully experience it, we can be done pretty quick. And that's what, I think that's what you see sometimes. I see that. Like in my teacher, I can see that kind of thing because I just see that yes, it hits him, but it seems to like go really quickly, you know.
0: Like the Dalai Lama, he'll break into tears, but it'll pass like a storm, a quick storm. Yeah, Yeah, that's the ideal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's 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 a thing anyway that I've observed.
0: Yeah. Okay,
1: uh, seeing no more questions. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Zoom. Oh, they, I didn't know if there were any, no hands on Zoom. Any comments on, from the Zoom world? Yeah. No.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, well, good to see you, Millard. Don't see other people, but Maybe you're there.
0: Well, there's a... What does it say? I can't read it. Uh, Will says, beautiful talk. Thank you for sharing, everyone. Oh, okay. Thank you.